This is Stimulus. Hello, my friends. Rob Orman here. Great to have you. Hey, if you want to check out more of this show, you can go to stimuluspodcast.com, our website. You can sign up for our newsletter there, look at our old episodes, whatnot. You can also subscribe to Stimulus in any podcatcher that's out there, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. So many, you know what? There's just so many to name. It'd take the whole dang podcast to talk about them. So there you go. There's, I'm putting the end matter in the front because when this thing ends, is this going to end? There's not the usual end cap. So every month I get a couple of what you would call throwaway journals in the mail. They're, they're kind of like newspapers, but you know, there's like, like some education in there, some, you know, here's, here's what's new and, and hot. There's a lot of opinion pieces on the state of medicine. And a lot of what's been written of late has been dark, really dark. Now, I'm, I'm not talking about COVID or stress being overwhelmed, you know, all that stuff that's happened over the past year and a half. Yeah, that's a big thing. But what I'm referring to is a whole other line of discourse. Let me give you an example of a few headlines from one of these throwaways I got just a few days ago. Here's one. The dark age of job scarcity and zero leverage. Another, task failed successfully. Here's one. The corporatization of emergency medicine education. And doctor despondence languishing in the ED, talking about joylessness at work. And a lot of these are written by my friends. I know them. They are really thoughtful people, super smart. And everything they're saying, it's spot on. And in the vicissitudes of medical practice, or many careers for that matter, there are many things worthy of disgruntlement and bummeritude, which is now a word. And there's always going to be things worthy of disgruntlement and bummeritude. And it seems like every generation, as they get on in their career, says, oh, wow, you know what? If I were starting medicine now, oh, I, I wouldn't go into it. I mean, all the changes that have happened, jeez, no way. And you know what? Yeah, many of the changes in medicine, at least in the United States, which is what I know, they do not benefit the patient do not benefit the clinicians, medical providers, staff, or frankly, even the healthcare system as a whole. And if there were a journal called Why This Job Sucks Monthly, you could easily fill it with the writings of many willing authors. But there is a counterpoint to this, and it exists in the same space as all of that other stuff we're just talking about, but it's a shift in mindset. And the counterpoint to this is that there's always joy to be found or felt, or touched in pretty much any field of work. It can be so easy just to do the job, punch the clock, and not really think about why you're doing it, or even you know deeper existential questions of what does it mean to you, or what's your identity within this career? It's so easy, in fact, to just punch the clock and say, oh, here I went to college, med school, residency, jobs. This is kind of the thing I do. The momentum's going. I'm not really thinking about it. I think that's the default. And all of this is a pretext to what you're about to hear next. And I made this piece a few years back when I got asked a really simple question to which I didn't have an immediate answer. In fact, I didn't have an answer at all. So I asked around. You're going to hear a lot of different voices throughout this. and. I just kind of meditated on it for the better part of a year. And the next 25 minutes is the result of what was really a quest to find the answer. The answer 
to the question I mentioned a moment ago, and it was this. What do you think it means to be successful in emergency medicine? When I was asked this, I was speechless because I didn't know. Hadn't really given it much thought because I found many parts of the job, as you know, we were mentioning before, to be dissatisfying. For example, documenting with the thought that any chart could wind up in court. Mouse clicks, just to get to more mouse clicks. These things feel superfluous. They feel degrading. Being overwhelmed by too many patients and not enough time windows to be thoughtful. It's stressful. And I've burnt out three times in the almost 20 years I've been doing this and felt like EM was a failed experiment to the point that I even started the application to ophthalmology residency when I was a new attending because there were many shifts when I wondered, did I even make a difference? But it's not all bad news. There's parts of this job that I unequivocally and unabashedly love. That's the only way to describe it. Connecting with a patient and a family so that they know I care, really care about them. Beautiful. A child has a broken arm. That's run of the mill for us. Can be world disrupting for them. I will take care of you. Not in the ego sense, but in the way that they feel. And a wife whose husband just died. I have to tell her. I don't relish doing that in the least, but delivering that news in an open, honest, and compassionate way, it's not morbid. It's the essence of what we do. And on the clinical end, a well-run resuscitation, that's just soul-filling. There's parts about EM I love. There's parts that are kind of easy to hate. And I'm thinking about this question. What do you think it means to be successful in emergency medicine? And that's what you're about to hear. It's kind of a personal quest, searching for this answer. And I want to start out with a story about someone you've probably never heard of. He's not even related to medicine, but for me, epitomizes success. His name is Juan Belmonte. Juan Belmonte was born in Spain in the waning days of the 19th century. He had congenitally deformed legs, and by all external standards, it didn't look like he would amount to much. He worked in the family shop, but he was horrible at business. He lost money, was in every practical sense a failure. But that's not why we're talking about Juan Belmonte. As he was failing as a shopkeeper, he took up a vocation where he would have untold success and is thought by many to be the greatest bullfighter of all time. At first, he was dreadful. He was so bad, he was actually banished from the arena in shame, but he was passionate. He practiced at night. He practiced surreptitiously in bull pastures. He practiced naked so he wouldn't ruin his clothes. All this time, mastering his craft. Now, the style of matadors at the time was to stand far away from the bull, let it run from a distance, but with Juan's physical limitation, he stood close to the bull, inches away, and the bull moved around him. Being so close to the horns, at first he was gored over and over again. But over time, this technique revolutionized the sport. And in the early 1900s, there was no matador with more accolades, but more importantly, Juan Belmonte, the one-time failed shopkeeper, now lived his life as the embodiment of heartfelt enthusiasm. And he said this, no life worthy of the name consists of anything more than the continual series of struggles to develop one's character to the medium of whatever one has chosen as a career. No life worthy of the name consists of anything more than the continual series of struggles to develop one's character through the medium of whatever one has chosen as a career. 
And when a career can be that kind of vehicle, a path to develop your character, it's no longer just a job punching the clock. It's part of who you are. It's part of what you will become. In the opening, I talked about success in our field, emergency medicine, and it can be hard to grasp. What does that really mean? What does success mean to you? But before you can answer that question, am I a success? We need to define that word, success. If you look it up in the dictionary, you'll find that success is a desired outcome, the attainment of wealth or favor or eminence. But that implies that success is an end, that it's marked by external measures like the successful CEO, the famous rock star, my child, the successful doctor. Rather than using that term success, the best metaphor I've heard, what success means, what I've internalized, is that you're making sure that your ladder is leaning against the right building, that you are doing the thing you want to do in the way you think it should be done rightly. Because when you ask if, say, Mother Teresa was successful, you can get a lot of different answers. But I think it comes down to this. Success is solely measured not by your accomplishments, but by your mindset about your accomplishments. So it all goes to what Mother Teresa was thinking as she was doing this. If this was a role she found herself in and couldn't extricate herself and wanted something else out of her life, and now you know she was so uh, entrenched in who she was to the world she couldn't get out of it, then no, she wasn't successful at all. But and obviously, regardless of her success, the things she did were, were amazing. But if in her mind, this was everything she wanted out of life, then of course she's successful. You probably recognize that voice as ED intensivist Scott Weingart. And throughout this talk, we'll hear more from Scott as well as many of our other EM colleagues and what they think about this stuff. And there's one goal here. When you're finished listening to this, I want you to think about your current definition of success. If you have one and question if that's really making you fulfilled and happy, or in terms of the metaphor, is your ladder leaning against the right building? And answering that question can really be a problem for us because we're susceptible to a trap, the trap of achievement. Is your life defined by achievement or fulfillment? Now, these words are certainly synonyms, but by achievement, I mean the merit badge, the external social validation that you've accomplished a goal, that you mean something. Fulfillment is the internal sense of satisfaction or happiness. We in medicine are so accustomed to defining ourselves by achievement, getting the A, getting into this residency, getting the greatest job. We have so many merit badges. It's like an addiction. Personally, I'm trying to break the achievement addiction. I have to ask myself when I'm making decisions, why am I making this decision? Here's Ruben Strayer. Before you agree to take on a project, ask yourself, Will this make me happier? Will I enjoy doing this project? Will I enjoy the consequences of this project when it's done? Not every project you take on needs to contribute to your well-being, but the balance needs to contribute to your well-being. There needs to be, on balance, more projects that move you forward than not. When you have to make a decision, ask yourself, will I be happier because of this? But as Ruben said, there's a balance between achievement and fulfillment. And the two don't have to be mutually exclusive. Here's Greg Henry. What you do is you make the two compatible. And it's not so much the gold medal, how much money you make, that sort of thing. But I wanted work, which every day I went in, I liked my job. 
For Scott Weingart, having a fulfilling job, it's all important, but there is also value in achievement. Fulfillment is a primary motivation because I'm a spoiled little brat. You know, if I can't feel fulfilled in the work I'm doing, then I'm just not going to stay there. I'm going to go somewhere else. And, and that's, that's a high bar to set because a lot of jobs are shitty. Like, and what my dad told me all through my childhood is like, work is not supposed to be enjoyable. Work is not supposed to be fulfilling. Work is what you do to make money, to do the things that fulfill you. And this was the mindset he had always had. And I think he was pretty fulfilled by his job. But what he wanted to get into my head is that a job or a career is there for you to provide for your family, and then you could find fulfillment elsewhere. And if you happen to find fulfillment at your job, bonus. But I, I've never thought that way. And I rebelled against him uh, throughout my childhood because I can't imagine living a life like that. I need the fulfillment in the job. Now, why do I say it's tough to answer? Because I kind of, I want the achievements too, but only the certain ones that are the way society measures mastery. So I don't want to be chair of emergency medicine, but if there is a certification for the shit I do out there, then I need to have it because it just drives me nuts. Once I get them, then it, it, there's, no, there's no basking in it, which is why I say fulfillment is the one you should go for. I don't need to tell you not to achieve. If you're listening to this, you're hardwired for it. But when you set your sights on something, some goal, ask yourself, why am I doing this? If the answer is, because I can't not do it, then get on it. Start it today. And this applies to any aspect of life, but right now we're focusing specifically on work, on our job. And success at the job is in large part feeling fulfilled at the job. And we're going to reflect on what that means to us, but first Let's hear from some more of our friends and what it means to them to have a successful career, a fulfilling career, to have their ladder leaning against the right building. For Amamatu, it's very simple. Clinical excellence. I guess for me, success is just trying to deliver really good care, uh, save lives, and, and also uh, pass the knowledge forward to help other people save lives and deliver good care. I kind of feel like beyond what I do, if I can help other people save lives, then that makes a big difference to me as well. Just want to be a really, really good emergency physician. And I want other people to not just respect me, but to trust me as a good emergency physician, be the kind of person that other people would feel comfortable bringing their family to as well. Misa Hospangler remembers a conversation she had with an attending when she was a senior resident. He said, well, just so you know, that when you're done, uh, that you're going to go out there looking for the job with the greenest grass. And the reality is, every place has its problems, that there's no perfect patch of grass. In fact, it's shit brown everywhere. You've just got to find your patch and stick with it. And now looking back on that conversation, I can only kind of chuckle because it is true. There's no perfect patch of grass. There's no perfect job, just like no human is perfect, right? No job is going to be perfect. Although... I'm still holding out hope that it's not poop brown everywhere. I think that there are ways to find outlets within emergency medicine that can add additional enjoyment and fulfillment to our clinical work. So for me, success in EM is still being shaped, and it's really discovering those additional outlets. For Greg Henry, a feeling of success has little to do with the clinical aspects of medicine. I define success as spending quality time, lots of quality time, with the people I want to spend that time with, my family, my friends, and 
I have such a broad group of friends within the medical specialty who I really admire. One of the great definitions of success, a corollary to that definition, is having friends who you also admire. And I do have a lot of friends that I admire. Eileen Claudius used to be driven by the insanity of the job. Now, it's the little things that matter. Forging a great relationship with a difficult patient, maybe taking five minutes to sit down and explain something that the patient didn't understand that might preclude their repeated ED visits, or even just sufficient patient advocacy to get them through a complicated system. For Scott Weingart, it's all about mastery. For me, it's pretty easy. Success for me is taking on something incredibly challenging and trying to get some mastery of it. That's it. And so the days I go on shift and I feel like, wow, I did something uh, that was very hard and I think I did it well. I think I served my patient well and it was outside of my normal range of experience. Then I feel like that was an amazing day and those sustained me for a long time through shifts where we're pretty much performing by rote. So for me, it's all about am I on the path to mastery? And if I am, then I feel I'm successful. And Victoria Brazel, an ED physician on Australia's Gold Coast, success and fulfillment at the job? For me, that is simply looking forward to going to work every day. Because if you look forward to going to work every day, it means that you probably work with some people that you like, who probably respect you, who probably appreciate your contribution. If you look forward to going to work every day, It probably means that you're confident enough with what you do that you feel like you really can help the patients who are in front of you. And then I think you also know you've been successful if you've got enough autonomy in the job that you do. If you work in a place where you can do the kind of care that you think is important and the kind of care that you think patients really need. And that isn't everywhere, but I think it's worth fighting for a place to find it. I asked all of these people this question, what does it mean to you to have a successful and fulfilling career? Because I really wanted to know and unravel the mystery. I think about what they all said every day. And for me, this might sound silly, but part of being successful is to always be a student. And now I'm aware of it and it changes my perspective on every shift. For example, the other night I was getting schooled, you might say, by a hand surgeon about an injury I had missed. So how to take this? Bruise to the ego? Of course. I mean, that they're not going to think forever more that I'm the best ED doc ever a bit. Sure. But taking the mindset that this is all about learning and that our field is an endless horizon of knowledge. So we look up the x-ray. I talk to the surgeon. I want to learn, understand. And then after that, write a note to our QA director. The case gets presented warts and all in front of everyone in the group so that we can all learn. Having a different mindset totally changes the game. And I think it's okay to have humble aspirations for success. Nothing grandiose. Success doesn't have to mean being Scott Weingart. It can be as simple as coming home and feeling, I did a good job. I have a friend, let's call him Steve. His aspiration is you go to work, you try not to kill someone, you make a few people happy. Do the job you signed up for, do it with integrity. And maybe you heard something in all that that resonated with you. Maybe it all did. These concepts of success and fulfillment. But it can be hard to think about this When you're in the hospital or you're focused on another task, it's much better to take yourself out of the work environment so that you can have what's called a cognitive flow state that's just focused on this one thing. And it can be hard to even think about it, just think about it in the first place by the very nature of how we got to where we are. 
In medical school and residency, I think you get into a certain survival mode. You just know that you're going to have to suck it up and put your nose to the ground for a prolonged amount of time. And in many ways, when you're done, you sort of forget how to come back to a normal, healthier pace or routine in life. And in some senses, it's easy to lose yourself. And you can ask yourself while looking in a mirror, what does success look like for me? It's hard to lie to yourself that way. Sounds totally kooky, but give it a try. Another way is to write it down. A pen, pencil, paper, sticky note, put it somewhere you can see it. Heaney Malamet did this early in his career. As I started looking for jobs, I noticed that I was really lost for the first time in a very long time. The presence of so many options was actually paralyzing. But what I realize now is this was actually the best thing that ever happened to me because for the first time I was forced to look within and see what I truly wanted to do. So what I decided to do was write a letter to myself. And within that letter, I would write a description of what the perfect life would look like. I wrote down how I want to find a job with a mix of critical care and emergency medicine and also some ultrasound. I want to work with residents and fellows and teach by the bedside. I want to become a better lecturer and speak everywhere I could speak. I want to go on podcasts. I want to become a master educator. And this is where the real work begins because writing that down, it's a commitment. Maybe what you write down is to be a multimillionaire, to be a kinder person, a more learned doctor, work abroad in a refugee camp, have an ideal work-life balance. Who knows? It's very personal to you. And your perspective is going to change during your life. Someone in medical school or residency is going to have different goals, different ideals compared to somebody at the beginning or at the end of their career. Well, as a medical student, man, I just wanted to pass. It was really, really tough. I'm sure everybody looks back on medical school and feels that it was very difficult. Success as an attending or at the beginning of career was really just about becoming as good as possible at clinical practice. When Haney Malamet was starting out, he saw a successful career, as we heard, as one where he was a master educator. And to become that, he said yes to everything because he wanted to practice, hone his craft, be known as someone reliable. That's a bit different than what Ruben Strayer was saying earlier, measuring the benefits of saying yes or no to something. Because sometimes in the beginning of your career, saying yes to everything is part of the path, but that doesn't come without sacrifice. For the first few years I was speaking, I paid out of pocket to speak. Now, a lot of people said I was dumb for doing this because this wasn't a sustainable strategy, but I ignored their advice and I kept persevering with this because so many successful people that I've read about before always said you have to invest in yourself and you have to make sacrifices before you're going to be able to reap the benefits of your success. But because this was something that I personally chose as my goal, traveling or paying out of pocket never really upset me. At the core, this was something I simply enjoyed doing, and if success came, then it would be icing on the cake. Or maybe by being on that path, he was already a success. His ladder was propped up against the right building. He was doing the thing he wanted to do in the way he thought it should be done rightly. And what Haney did, the specific goal or milepost, it's not a new idea. Stephen Covey, who wrote Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, called this beginning with the end in mind. When you begin with the end in mind, everything after that falls into place. I want to use a visualization to start us thinking about this. We've talked about achievement or fulfillment, the balance between them, how some of our colleagues define success, and now it's your turn. So if you're driving, find a place you can pull over. Make sure you're comfortable. Lightly close your eyes or 
Keep your eyes open and focus on nothing in particular. Take a deep breath. And in your mind's eye, see yourself going to your retirement party. It's awesome. There are pictures of you on the wall like that one time you cracked a chest with a spoon. There are thank you notes from the pizza shop down the street for putting the owner's kids through college. All of your partners from every job you've ever had, they're there. The students you've taught, nurses, medics, even a few of your favorite patients, all here to celebrate you. Now at some point in the party, your professional life will be discussed. Think deeply. What would you like to hear about you and your life? What character would you like these people to have seen in you? What would you want them to remember? Look carefully at the people around you at this party. What difference would you like to have made in their lives? Whatever you thought, keep that with you. It's a precious gift. For me, thinking about this, what I'd like to hear is that this guy practiced good medicine and injected positivity into every encounter. As we close this conversation, one last bit from our speakers. If there was one kernel of wisdom that they could pass on to a new doctor, something to keep with you to make your career better, what would it be? Excellent manners go everywhere. Second, kindness is never out of style. And third, teaching is not the same as inspiring. Uh, There are plenty of people who can ask you questions. There are very few people who can make you want to ask more questions and advance the field. The Japanese say the great teacher is the one whose students surpass them. One of the big problems in emergency medicine is that people feel very unappreciated for what they do. People work really hard under conditions in which they have low resources, things are crowded, consultants aren't always there, outpatient resources for the patients are limited, so sometimes you feel like you have to do everything there in the emergency department. And then, above all, you're you're often not appreciated by your patients, by the administrators, certainly by the consultants who look at you as just another form of work. And I think that leads to a lot of burnout. In terms of what we need to do, I think we need to focus on trying to provide positive reinforcement to each other. When you have a colleague who does a lot to help you out, you should recognize that person. If people aren't getting positive reinforcement from their patients or the consultants or from administration, it's got to come from somewhere. Emergency medicine is a really hard job. It's incredibly hard. And I think a lot of people may be toiling and and miserable and thinking that that this is just how it's supposed to be. And it's not. You're, You're not supposed to hate your job. And if you do, there's luckily for our field so many other options that you could kind of pivot to, whether it means urgent care for a lot of our specialty, whether it means finding other business opportunities, uh, whether it means taking something out of medicine entirely, try it. It seems scary. It seems incredibly weird to walk away from a guaranteed high salary that we do get in emergency medicine, but the money doesn't matter. If you are not fulfilled and getting joy out of the work you're doing, cut back to half time, keep your health benefits, see if there's something else that gives you true happiness. And if you're just a miserable fuck, then go back to full time because you're not going to find any joy anywhere. But you might discover that your entire life gets better even though your salary's gone down a bit. 
You gotta schedule the big stuff in your life first, and that's the family stuff. You gotta schedule in the softball games, the ballet recitals, movie night with the kids. And once you have this stuff on the schedule, now you can start planning all the other stuff around that. Find something that's going to make you happy within your career, and then work as hard as you can to make that become a reality. If you love something, it really isn't work. But what you have to remember is that you can't lose yourself or your family in the process. In a voice that we're hearing for the first time here, but I think is fitting for the conclusion, Dr. Mike Weinstock. Was this life lived in a way that we're proud of and in a way that we'd want to repeat? If we're able to answer yes to this question, then to me, that is a successfully lived life. And that's it. It's all pretty simple, really. It's not a complex formula. There's no advanced lesson in vent settings or a differential diagnosis for a weird rash. It's the fundamental question. What is it that gives you fulfillment in this job? If you know it, do you make purposeful choices to keep pointed in that direction? Is your ladder leaning against the right building? And as Juan Belmonte, the hobbled matador, once said, no life worthy of the name consists of anything more than the continual series of struggles to develop one's character through the medium of whatever one has chosen as a career. <laughs>